Welcome to Upholding Matters, a podcast devoted to talking about what matters. Now, I was raised to believe that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were things that mattered. And certainly they are the unalienable rights that Jefferson wrote about in the Declaration of Independence. We will talk about how to uphold them, how they hold us up, and why that matters. Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. And I want to begin tonight where we left off. Last time I was talking about it looks like Don Jr. might be in a bit of trouble. Now, related to that, you've heard the stuff about this um, New York congressman. His name is Chris Collins, and he was the first member of Congress to support Donald Trump. So, poor guy, now it turns out he's arrested by the FBI yesterday for insider trading. And the news doesn't look really good because the government has put this case together for a while. They have all the records and the dates of calls that um, he was first emailed or texted about the company's trials going bad, stood to lose a lot of money. He was the primary shareholder of this company. He sold a lot of other members of Congress on it to buy into it to make a lot of money. And all he really did was make a lot of trouble for himself and especially for his son who he passed on the tip to, to sell the stock. How, I'm not sure. You know, I always hesitate to use words like stupid, but he's on camera at a White House uh, luncheon family, kids, bring your Republican people you want to impress to the White House. He's, He's right there on the, um, you know, plenty of pictures and also video of the exact times we received the call and then made more calls, like six of them, to his son before he finally picked up. And my goodness, that's, that's, that's some real trouble for everyone connected. And here's where I come back to keeping it simple, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and our interpretation of those things. But, of course, going for the grift, and I love that word, grifter. I've heard it a lot this week uh, about several different people who are in the news and I hope to get to on this show. But I went to a couple of meetings this week, and one was a commission that's looked looks into um, healthy communities is what it's called. And because there's, you know, no place to start, they picked uh, the health the community based on what drugs, drug abuse is most prevalent in the community and get the kids off drugs. They had specialists come in and say, no, 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 we don't have 
a kid drug problem per se in our grade schools, but then when kids are older, and certainly young adults, and the drug of choice around here, like I'm sure it is a lot of places, is meth. So what to do about this? Now, because this commission is filled with local people who are very active in the community, very talented people, but they're put in this community and tasked with this impossible job of, you know, let's get rid of drugs, let's narrow that down to all the things that are healthy and make this the one thing that we try and work on because it's admirable, work on drug abuse. But I don't think we ever address the real problem. So this poor woman that works for the city, another talented individual, had to put together from a government website on drug abuse certain facts and statistics for this commission as sort of a starting point. One thing she found on the website, the history of the failure of things like dare and just say no and all these things that had some effect, but not really what they were looking for. And it was taxing to watch in this day and age well-educated, knowledgeable people go back to the drawing board and try and attack the problem the same way that has never worked. And I got up there and I remember Steve Carell from a movie and he just screams disjointed sentences and I said I felt like just getting up there and screaming words because that's what it is. It's just a bunch of words. It's a bunch of setting goals and measure the standard and do yada yada. It's just so crazy to hear people get into the it's like you're in the huddle talking about the game like it's about to begin and it's been going on and all I could do was just extend in the next day after not really knowing what to say I came to the criminal justice commission and Here's a lot of guys doing their very best and need a little pump up. And I just explained to them my malaise from the day before with a uh, Jean-Paul Sartre quote to illustrate how I feel. It says, uh, man is nothing else but what he makes of himself. And so if you want to be drug-free or if you want to be happy... If you want to pursue life and contribute, which is where we really feel good about helping each other, I think that's what being an American must be about. We must hold together and hold each other together and hold each other up. I mean, that's the essence of upholding. times, there is no shortage of advice that we should consider. For instance, I did get to manage a saying at that first meeting, the community wellness meeting, that it doesn't help people get off drugs 
when they have a president that undermines the law and talks the way he does. I mean, it's, it's a very difficult thing to stand that the person who's supposed to be leading the moral example is so unfit. But of course, he does hire the best people. So we have that. Speaking of the best people, his longtime fixer, Michael Cohen, is in the news again because the special master, it's a uh, former federal judge, a woman who was charged with looking through all this evidence to see if, you know, what matters were protected under lawyer-client uh, privilege. And uh, she's done with her work, and everything that isn't privileged is now in the hands of the prosecutors. So hold your breath on that one. You, you know, I at least, I should say, uh, have a hard time understanding the total scope, and it's not mine to understand. No one can understand. The prosecutor knows what he's doing, and I'm not sure what information they're required to give to the defense, but there isn't any yet because there's no indictment. So there is some uh, uncertainty about all of that. But I have to be sure that Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani and the rest of them have a little better idea than I do about some of these things. And what Michael Cohen has should make them very nervous. And also in the news, perhaps not nervous, but more embarrassed if that's possible, I'm, I don't think that some of these people we talk about are capable of being embarrassed. It's one of the things that they say that narcissists don't worry about. You can't embarrass a narcissist uh, only by pointing too deeply or closely to the truth. That, that, that can do it. But the uh, reality star Amorosa, who worked with Trump before, has a new book out that she calls Unhinged. And she secretly recorded tapes of Trump, I hope, in some unhinged state. Not that it's comical, but I don't know how much worse it could get, and I'd at least listen to it. But so that's, that's looming. So a lot of these things are distractions because perhaps the uh, most critical part of all last week was the Paul Manafort trial underway. And it turns out that Paul Manafort has a protege called Rick Gates, who was his right-hand man and did a lot of the dirty work. And it's very striking to hear the reports that come out of the court. There are no tapes or cameras in there, but the reporters come out and there's sketches, and it's pretty good. But they talk about how when they ask him, did you uh, ask Gates, did you commit crimes with Manafort? And it's just a matter of fact, yes, because he's obligated due to his deal with the prosecution 
to tell the truth, even though telling the truth isn't something that's native to either one of those men. And the judge in the case has been rather hard on the prosecution, uh, which today he apologized for by saying he had gone a little overboard in his criticism when it might have just been his error about a witness that was left in the court. And, you know, these trials are so intricate. And if there are things that go wrong, the defense can move for dismissal and all these things. And that's the last thing you want is someone getting off on a technicality. Well, that's technically tough. So, but in keeping with the tradition of hiring the best people, the very stable genius hooked himself up with this Manafort guy. And I guess there'll be stuff this still week or next week where the judge in the court will allow, he, the judge banned uh, the word oligarch, told the prosecution they couldn't use the word. I think they just had to be called Russian rich guys connected to Putin. But next week, there's going to be some testimony about these oligarchs and the money trail with Manafort over a decade or more of time, millions upon millions of dollars to shape and influence pro-Russian influences in Ukraine and the United States. And I just have to keep telling myself, collusion is not a crime. I love how that's morphed to no collusion, to collusion is not a crime. And now we're really going to get into the criminal conspiracy to defraud the United States. Another person in the news identified again as a grifter is the Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross. This is the guy that looks like the Crypt Keeper, sorry, and who went to Saudi Arabia with Trump and commented on how there isn't anyone there protesting. What a, what a great country that is. Seemingly not to know that protesters get their heads cut off. Yeah, we have uh, a whole stable of friendly, slightly corrupt geniuses that are very good at enriching themselves. And of course, Wilbur is in the news because a lot of these lawsuits against him are, are working through the courts. And it just shows a history of him screwing over everyone he ever did business with and uh, embezzling or incorporate. You know, I don't know what the words are. And I guess it's lucky he's a public official because I can speculate about too much knowledge. But I can tell you this. It is reported news that these suits are working their way through and they don't paint a very pretty picture, or at least they paint a very similar picture to many of the other associates of Donald Trump.
Forgive me if some of these facts aren't as tight as I'd like. I watch a lot of cable news and read a lot of other stuff, and it's sometimes overwhelming. I think some of the point of today is to show that there is just so much. There was thoughts in my mind about cutting the show down a little bit, 15 minutes rather than a half an hour, or I could squeeze some commercials in sometime. But there's just too much happening. You know, uh, there's a couple of things that... Well, okay. Steve Schmidt has a new podcast, and I was honored because, you know, it's similar. It's called Words Matter. And he's doing this show with Elise Jordan. And he's a very interesting character because he's a recovering Republican. And I can remember him as a pundit on shows saying things that I thought, oh, please, mister, get a get a clue. Or why are you going to frame it that way for them? Just stop helping the lie. And I'll claim credit. He must have heard me. Because he's changed, he's on the right track, and he's willing to tell the truth about what he thinks. Another guy who is a former Republican strategist named Rick Wilson has another book out. He calls Trump the worst president ever, and the name of the book is Everything Trump Touches Dies. And really... He's just a person who's disheartened with all the things that used to be true or at least pretended a little better to be true. Fiscal responsibility and strong national defense. All these things that uh, protected America, the Republicans used to claim to believe in. So there is change. People are waking up and realizing that it's more important to tell the truth and look objectively at things and protect this country over the party. Uh, Someone on TV today made the comparison to George Washington and his final uh, speech, his final inaugural, at least a second. And he talked about the political parties becoming a impediment to democracy. I'd suggest you look it up. I will do the same. But there's a lot of great speeches from presidents. The uh, second Lincoln inaugural and the first are both great speeches. But we want that. We want real leadership. And the Congress to do their job, to serve as a counterweight to the executive branch and work the way the Constitution and the framers intended as a check and balance on each other. Now, that's really not happening anymore with the Republicans. Some things are interpretable, And the more you think about them, the more nuance is exposed in your own mind, at least. You know, you figure things out. There's an aha moment. But some of these 
things just are pretty apparent from the start. So this Devin Nunes guy, the congressman that's helped Donald Trump uh, got information. You remember, I think it was even last January about the FBI surveilling Trump and the White House actually gave him some information and then he made this big play to uh, pretend it was shocking and then run it back to the White House. It's, it's theater. It's pantomime. So last week you had these Republicans put forward a resolution to impeach Rob Rosenstein, who is the assistant attorney general and now in charge of Robert Mueller, he appointed him the special counsel to look into this Russian meddling. You remember Jeff Sessions, our attorney general, had to recuse and Trump's tweets, uh, he's beat this poor guy up probably worse than anybody over the time. And um, so here we have Rob Rosenstein and the Republicans in the Congress want to bring a resolution of impeachment against him. So Paul Ryan, the speaker, didn't allow it and kind of claimed to reporters that it was a silly idea and he'd never allow it. So here we have Devin Nunes with this woman who's the number four in the GOP. It was her fundraiser. And he's there and he's secretly recorded. It was a no press event. You can hear him talking over the clanking of dinner plates at a, uh, I guess they served a meal. The woman congressman's name is McMorris Rogers. And so while they were being asked by the dinner audience about the Russia probe, Devin Nunez, you can hear him pretty well on the poorly recorded audio, talks about how they basically have to protect the president. And he says that if Rose, um, Jeff Sessions won't unrecuse and if... Robert Mueller won't end the probe and exonerate the president, then they're the last line of defense for him. And they can't really put forward right now the impeachment of Rosenstein because it would cause too much ruckus and they would never be able to get the Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh put on the Supreme Court, which is integral to the plan because I think they theorize he would vote to acquit Trump or help in some way with his legal position with all this corruption. Now, Republicans are blocking Democrats from getting access to records on Kavanaugh in this whole process, trying to ram him through. It's unprecedented, you know, the opposition is entitled to get these things. So the Democrats are launching a freedom of information campaign to get some of these records to show that, so they claim that this Brent Kavanaugh lied when he was given his judgeship way back 2006. 
about what his role in the Bush administration was with torture and guidelines and things like that. And he says he had nothing to do with it. And yet they claim to remember that he did. There are senators that have been there a long time and remember that. And actually, one Republican senator put forth charges to whatever, you know, looks into the uh, ethics of people for this person lying to them during his confirmation. I believe that was Pat Leahy, but uh, let me get back on that. So they're going to push him through. The plan is to get him in and then move to remove Rosenstein to shut down this genuine, authentic investigation. It's, it's very, very sad. And last but not certainly least is the news that came out about the VA and the secret hand that civilians allow, you know, their members at Mar-a-Lago. There's the uh, CEO of Marvel Entertainment Group, a doctor and a lawyer, and they're setting policy for the VA and are almost like the unofficial overseers of the thing, unappointed, unelected, unscreened. It's, it goes on and on. And I catch my breath, reminding myself that I'd like to end on a good note. So for everyone listening, let us remember that we are going to get a space force. Now you listen to the experts and they think it's just silly and laughable. We don't need it. But Mike Pence was on TV today touting our need to get up there and protect that space that we already protect and there are treaties against engaging in warfare in. Thank goodness for competent, visionary leadership. Mm -hmm.